Keep on the sunny side, always on the sunny side. Keep on the sunny side of life. It will help us every day. It will brighten all the way if you keep on the sunny side of life. Hey there, thank you for taking just a few moments um, to watch this cabin talk midweek, sort of midweek. Well, the snow is starting to melt. If you listen real carefully, you can hear it dripping. And uh, I want to just share a little bit with you. I know this coming weekend, I I really want to encourage you to uh, be present for this next week's talk. And for those of you that watch this from a distance, uh, you can get the live stream to off the same site, off the church's website. You can watch that and get that message or listen to the audio. I want to talk to you about this idea of your place in, especially in a local community, a local church. I know for some of you that's really hard. It's hard to know how that works. These talks have been why church and then why uh, TFBC, why that's important for this particular church. Now that may not work for you. This may not be your church, but you need that local community and why it's important. And you may say, oh, I've already made that decision and my life's to this. But I, I really want to encourage you to listen because, you know, within a Within any family, but particularly within the family of God, within any church community, not everyone can do everything. And that may change over time. You know, there may have been a period of your time where you could do a lot. You had more energy or more mobility, but um, things do change. But not everyone can do everything and not everyone can do everything forever. But everyone can do something and should. I'm of the belief that within a congregation, every single person should have an understanding of their place and their purpose, that this is where I need to be and this is what I need to be doing. And so I really want to encourage you to consider that today. Now, not everyone can do everything and especially not forever, but everyone can do something. And there are some things that you can do on through your whole life and may become bigger and develop more as time goes on. You know, one of the most neglected areas of service is prayer. It really is. You know, Paul saw prayer as a vital part of the work of the gospel, of the ministry of the gospel. He relied on others and he saw its value. In 2 Corinthians 1.10, it says this. He said, who delivered us from so great a peril of death, and will deliver us. He on whom we have set our hope, and he will yet deliver us. You also joining in helping us, listen, through your prayers, so that thanks may be given by by many persons on our behalf for the favor bestowed on us through the prayers of many. Now, Paul was talking about they're going through this 
terrible, frightening, scary time period of all kinds of conflict and tensions and and cultural divisions. That sound familiar? And they're in the, caught in the middle of it. And he's saying, we were helped by your prayers and that thanks may be given by many on your behalf, bestowed on us for the favor bestowed on uh, us through your prayers. I just want to tell you, pray for me, pray for this particular church, pray for your own church. It matters. Paul says later in Romans chapter fifteen thirty, he says, now I urge you, brethren, and some of you King James folks that love the beauty of that translation, um, it says, I beseech you, brethren, by our Lord Jesus Christ, by the love of the Spirit. Listen, that's pretty heavy. To strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. Strive. This is like, push yourself, remind yourself. That I may be rescued from those who are disobedient in Judea. And that my service for Jerusalem may prove acceptable to the saints so that I may come to you in joy by the will of God and find refreshing rest in your company. He's talking about there are these other believers are these other people that have been involved in churches who, um, who are very, very, um, very hostile to him. It wasn't just them, but there were also people coming that were coming in involved in Judaism, which he had come out of that. You know, the story that in at least we know from the book of Acts that there were people that, that, um, took a vow to not eat until they killed them. He had a lot of stress. People were greatly against him sharing the gospel. I was kidding in my Wednesday night group. I said that would make Paul after a while, you know, not want to hang around skinny people. <laughs> You'd want to make sure all the people around you were had a little girth on them. Uh, he says the same thing again in Philippians 1.19. For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance. Listen. Through your prayers and the provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. You know, there, it, throughout the history of, of Christianity, people devoted their whole lives to prayer. Uh, we find this in the early times of the gospel. Um, you know, Luke chapter 2, 36, there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of uh, Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. And she was advanced in years and had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage. And then as a widow to the age of 84, she never left the temple, serving night and day with fastings and prayers. And at that moment, she came up and began giving thanks to God and continued to speak of him to all those who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. This is what her reaction was when she encountered the baby Jesus coming to his uh, to the temple for the first time. This was a, a characteristic of the traditions around um, the early church and even in the temple life. We know that there have been the Desert Fathers were folks we know that um, in the early years of church history, they they swam to shore as people um, leaving a sinking ship. That's the way they felt about the 
world as it was at that time. And they went out into the wilderness or into the remote areas and they lived out lives of prayer. And they did have a, a community, the Desert Fathers, but their primary focus was to live lives of prayer. Um, and, and, you know, this was true in the monastic movement. We know that even for those of you that come from liturgical traditions, you know, in the monastic movement, there were, uh, and I'm not recommending this, that there were literally groups of nuns who would literally wall themselves off into a wall and spent their whole lives in prayer. In certain, even to this day, in certain monastic traditions, they pray at set times in the Benedictine orders, uh, all um, different parts of the day. Um, and they see it as a ministry to pray for the world, to pray for people, to pray for God's church, to pray for the gospel. But why is this such a neglected ministry? Now, we know that there have been examples like in the the famous English preacher, uh, Charles Hayden Spurgeon, he would have a big prayer meeting underneath his building every when he was preaching to these large crowds in London in the um, late 19th century. He would talk about the boiler room was down below where people prayed. But why is it a neglected ministry? Well, some of it might be that, you know, our sensibilities to not want to make a lot of noise about it. Jesus said, pray in secret that your father who re who re sees in secret will reward you openly. But that may be part of it that we, there's not a lot of glory in a prayer, a life of prayer, a ministry of prayer. You don't get a lot of credit. It's like the part of the body that doesn't, um, that doesn't get very much notice. Uh, but it's a part of the body that you really need. I always tell people um, that are doing certain types of ministries that don't get a lot of credit, that don't get a lot of notice. They're kind of like the pancreas, you know, like my role within a church is pretty upfront. I'm pastoring and I'm, I'm out there talking to people and I get noticed. Um, maybe get credit, maybe credit I don't deserve, but but the part of the body, the parts of the body, the ministries within the body being the church that really matter are often unseen. Kind of like you can put your face on and you can do your hair and you can do all that. But if your pancreas goes bad or some of you others that have had problems with other vital organs, uh, that that's a game changer. It's much more important. You cannot look too well. You cannot look great. But if you if your internal health is good, and I think prayer is like that. It's, it doesn't get a lot of credit. It's one of the unseemly things that Paul talks about in the in First Corinthians uh, twelve, where he says the parts of the body that don't get a lot of recognition they need to receive a greater honor. So people avoid it because we tend to want credit and. This is one that you don't get. You may not see the outcome of your prayer. Um, it may not even be mentioned by God until eternity. So I remember one church that I was familiar with. They actually, and I'm not recommending it. They actually hired somebody that their ministry was to pray. Because it was a ministry, just like anything else. And sometimes we think it doesn't matter, that prayer isn't going to really change anything. But Paul sure did. He said, you know, I'm praying through your prayers. I'm going to be delivered. I'm going to be rescued. I've received favor. Sometimes we don't think it matters, but it really does matter. And then 
distraction. Life is so distracting. Uh, we just feel we've got so many alerts and buzzers and, you know, I'm even using, uh, using a, a, a device to bring this to you. And maybe while you're watching this, you're getting alerts and you're getting this, you're getting that. It's hard to even stay focused on listening about prayer, let alone to pray. We have to learn how to do this. Easy to be distracted. And then sometimes we just don't know how. We think, well, how would that be? What would that look like? Well, <clears throat> there's different ways. And by the way, I do want to say, as I as we move through the stages of life, like Kierkegaard talked about, the aesthetic stage, like when you're young and you're trying to grab life and, you know, the period of your life where you're like, it's very aesthetic. It's very like you're indulging maybe your sensual understanding of the world. And then there's the reflective stage where you think more and more about, um, about life and what is this all that matters? Is this party scene or this accumulation scene? Is that really all it is? And that's where a lot of people stay. But then Kierkegaard implies in his in what he taught, he says, then there is the transcendent stage where you really enter into something way beyond. Now, you got to go through the reflective stage to get there. But you know the great thing about the transcendent stage? It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter whether your voice is gone or you can't see. You can always pray. And it's not a small thing. It's one of those ministries that you'll always be able to have. Even at a point where it's hard for you to get out, you'll be able to pray. Some of the greatest prayer, um, uh, the people who helped me the greatest in prayer were people who had, you know, were, were older folks that they had done many, many things. Some of them had been pastors, but now that wasn't happening. But they saw the transcendent point in their life was they prayed. <clears throat> so how do you make prayer your ministry? Well, one way might be to use prayer cards. I was looking for my prayer cards that are around here someplace. Um, you just have a little, uh, take a little, you know, ring binder. It's very low tech. You don't need an app for it. And you put names and people that you know. You can plasticize them. That's the way mine are. And you just pray through them. And it doesn't mean you always pray uh, just like a ritual. Um, but you pray. And as the Lord prompts you about that name, you begin to pray for that person. That's one way. You can lose a list. You can use a list. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can use a list. <clears throat> you can, and one of the things that we do, you can ask to be on our list um, to get, uh, it's going out right now. Our brother, Mike Wallace, is helping this ministry, leads us to become a part of ePrayer. You can sign up for that um, on our website. And you can also become a part of an intercessory ministry. Once a month, you get a little letter it's either by text or, or email, and you can have a hard copy sent to you. You can indicate that. And then you, it'll, it'll talk about the deeper ministry needs, like, you know, staffing and other needs that are going on in the church, whether it's a financial need or something else, or maybe some other need that's a little bit more ongoing. So sign up for that. That's one way you can do it. The one thing you can also do is pray during services for leaders. You can pray for me while I'm preaching, or you can pray for me, uh, for those of you that watch this uh, remotely, uh, when you can't be in a gathering situation, which is far superior. But <clears throat> you can um, 
You can also pray the room. You've heard that where you pray for, you, you sit quietly before the Lord in silence and then you say, God, whoever you want to bring into this space, remind me of whatever need, just pray that and you pray the room. You can prayer walk, and you can even do that as you're at church. You can you can pray uh, as you walk around the building, or pray for the classes, or, or during the preaching service. Some people will come to an early service, and the only thing they'll do in that service is they'll find people they'll specifically pray for, and then they'll go to the next service to listen. There are many ways you can develop a ministry of prayer, but I want to really encourage you that this can be a ministry. This can be a, a foundational ministry. And this is a ministry that we can all do. Now, I know some of you say, well, we're all supposed to pray. Why do you call it a ministry? <clears throat> well, it's because you're right. We all are supposed to pray. But I want you to think about this as a ministry that you can develop. Because every, not everybody can do everything forever. But... Everyone can do something. And this is one of the things you can continue and continue to do as you intercede for the people around you, for your church, your own church, and for us too also, and for your family and for others and for other people's family. This is so important. So thank you for watching this. Remember that a lot of you have asked me about this. As you go to the website, you can, um, you can give with this. Um, you can just click the giving thing and that really helps us. You know, these are, uh, we have a lot of big, big challenges right now with, you know, different things, different things that we're, we're working with and try and provide needs for people. Um, don't want to talk a lot about that right here, but just thank you so much for your generosity and thank you for watching this. Share it with somebody else if it's helpful to you.